0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in. In order to safely gather a larger group during the current COVID pandemic, we recorded this episode over Zoom. While the audio is not as good as our usual quality, we felt the rich, connective conversation was just too important not to share with you. Thanks for listening, and hope you enjoy this special Lunar New Year's edition of FUNUMI Mondays.
1: If you really knew me, if you really knew me,
2: if you really knew me, if you really knew me, you would know.
1: Hey, who are you? Who, me? Yeah, you! It's It's Monday!
0: Monday. Hello and welcome to a special Lunar New Year's edition of You Knew Me Mondays. I'm one of your co-hosts and Park Day Director of Equity and Inclusion, Arjuna Saeed.
3: Hello, everyone. I'm Joyce Ting, middle school drama teacher at Park Day School and today's
0: co-host. Every episode, we sit down with different members of our Park Day community to help us learn more about who they are beyond what we see.
1: Say what?
0: This week, with the Lunar New Year holiday around the corner, we've gathered a larger than usual group of Park Day students, teachers, and parents to explore our shared and unique relationship with this special time of year
3: we'll be taking turns talking about our different connections to this holiday and in the spirit of our guiding prompt if you really knew me we decided to record and share this conversation to help our community learn more about this rich holiday
0: okay let's take a moment to find out who's in the room with us by sharing your name any parts of your identity and your relationship to park day school
1: i'm owen and i'm from second grade and i've been in park day school since kindergarten i'm logan i've been at park
2: day i'm in fourth grade i i've been at park day since kindergarten and i'm susan second grade teacher at park day school she her and um i was born here so consider myself asian american but our family heritage is from taiwan and hong kong and i guess way back in the day china
4: hi i'm val i um and i am the mom of three kids at park day a third grader a sixth and a seventh grader i was born and raised in singapore so i am an immigrant my
1: name is jumi and I'm in second grade, same class as Owen, and
5: I've been in, I've been in Park Day for, since kindergarten too. And I'm Christina, and I, my parents were born uh, and raised in Korea, South Korea. They met here in the States and had me. So I'm the first generation born in the States. And me and my mom are both big sisters.
6: Hi, Gordon Young here. I have two wonderful children, uh, Mary Ann my beautiful wife Dara and Glenn is um, somewhere lost in the virtual background both of my children went to Park day from kindergarten until the end basically Marianne's in her last year there uh, I am the son of two Chinese parents from southern China and I like to joke that I have a heavy Gomer Pyle southern accent um, when I speak Chinese it's it's not great but I sound exactly like Gomer Pyle does
7: hi i'm dara tom and i am parent of marianne who's an eighth and glenn who is an alum of park day he's now 10th grader at berkeley high i am half japanese half chinese american uh, it's fourth generation on both sides i like to joke that i know more spanish than i do either of my chinese or japanese language my name is Faye. I'm in 7th grade and I've been at Park Day since
8: 6th um, grade. And my mom was born and raised in Taiwan and my dad was born and raised in Hong Kong. And they both came here a very long time ago.
9: I'm Marianne. I've been at Park Day since kindergarten and I'm currently in 8th grade. Um, my dad and mom were born in America but I'm pretty sure my da- on my dad's side I'm 2nd generation and on my mom's side I'm 5th
5: generation.
6: Uh, hi, I'm Glenn. I am the son of Darren Gordon. Uh, I went to park day from kindergarten to eighth grade. I'm currently a 10th grader. And I like to joke about about how I can speak Chinese, but nobody understands me since all my relatives speak Cantonese.
0: I already gave an introduction to myself, but I, 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 guess I will add on that. Um, I'm a mixed race, black man from the United States. I've moved all over the place and I'm a proud papa of two Korean daughters.
3: And I'm Joyce, uh, featured on one of the early If You Knew Me Mondays. And um, I was born in upstate New York. My parents are from Taiwan and I identify as Taiwanese American. So um, as we get started, I thought I would model uh, my connection to Lunar New Year or, or sometimes known as Chinese New Year by sharing my connection to the holiday. And um, I would say that I didn't have a very deep connection to the holiday growing up because uh, my parents immigrated from Taiwan uh, very early on and then I was born here, but we didn't have any family around. Lunar New Year is a holiday that emphasizes traditionally family like a lot, right? So in Taiwan, if you celebrate the holiday, you'll notice that the entire city of Taipei becomes deserted around that time because everyone goes back to their hometown. So when I was growing up in like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, Ohio, we didn't have any hometown to go to. So my biggest impression was hongbao or red envelopes. That's really my only memory of the holiday is getting red envelopes. Um, And it wasn't until I became an adult and spent a year living in Taiwan in around 2009, I think it was. And then um, one random time I got to celebrate the holiday of February, which just coincided with a time I could travel, where I started to understand the feeling of the holiday, which was being around family, gathering around family, like the whole cultural celebration of it really um, became alive because even though Taipei gets deserted at Lunar New Year, for about a couple weeks before Lunar New Year, maybe like even a month before, everything becomes like super festive. You see all of these holiday candies being sold. There's a whole street called Di Hua Jie in Taiwan that becomes completely decorated for Lunar New Year because that's where they sell what is called Nian Huo, which is all the Lunar New Year like snacks. And so during non-COVID times, you can go to all these stalls to taste the snacks and it's just a really, really fun time. So that's a little bit about my connection to the holiday. Um, And our first question that we would love to hear from everyone present is what is your or your family's relationship to Lunar New Year? And as a follow-up, has it evolved over time like mine?
6: So it was when I was growing up, It was a huge deal because, you know, um, I was very little. You'd go to sleep and the next morning I'd wake up and my mom would have cleaned the entire house. Maybe it's just us. We're pretty cluttered. And the house would just be completely cleaned out. And then she would wake up early and um, fry these shrimp chips. So there was, you know, something about when you're Chinese, it's always about food. Every, every meal was a banquet, literally. And then, of course, the lycee like is what uh, I grew up calling it, you know, the red envelopes, which was awesome because you would always, as a kid, you would like, oh, I wonder what I'm gonna get from this person. You know, of course, that's the wrong attitude. Your parents would scold you, but it's like, whoa, this is five bucks, this is a big deal, right? You get the, or you get your immediate relatives, it might even be $20, and it was you'd always be jazzed about that. Um, but really, it was about food and about family and we observed a lot of the you know traditions some would call them superstitions yet you, you didn't you didn't cut your hair and then the thing when i was a kid it didn't bother me as i got older one of the things that really bothered me was you're not supposed to wash your hair because it represents washing your luck away well that's really tough as you get you know as your hair gets longer and greasier and you get you wake up with that morning hair, and it was really rough to go on school days <laughs> because you had that that school head you hadn't washed it you can't rinse it even because we were like no you can't do that so you know i just have a lot of really good memories about that it has evolved because you know i'm i don't celebrate as much as i did when i was a, a child with my parents unfortunately i suppose that's what happens as we blend in but um we do try to do it we do lycée we we put out candy and you know um there's a lot of things we try to do
3: did you have a lot of extended relatives around growing
6: up uh I had we had you know we had so many because you know and it really felt like Chinese New Year was literally a banquet for like a month because every time you saw family it was a huge banquet right there's so much food all of the time every time every time anybody got together and we have a lot of family here so you know and then of course you'd eat at home there'd be a lot of food and then like oh we have to go to the restaurant now and there'd be a lot of food and then and then of course there would be the big village get-together um family name is ma uh, we go back more than two thousand years ago in the village and then you'd get you'd go there everybody would be there from stockton modesto and there would be 400 people in this big banquet room when they had those restaurants in san francisco and there'd be more eating
4: say what Um, I have to say I'm getting like really warm memories just from hearing you guys talk about your experiences. Um, Chinese New Year for me, there's like a before I moved to the States relationship with Chinese New Year and an after. And the before is, you know, I grew up in Singapore in an extended family environment. And so I was just thinking about this the other day. The reason, one of the reasons we don't celebrate here is because there isn't the family like joyce you mentioned it is really all about getting together with your entire extended family and that's what makes it really fun um, and meaningful um i remember growing up uh as a kid and you know all the superstitions like um the the house would be swept um i don't remember not showering or or washing my hair but i do remember um going with um, my family members and visiting all of our friends and family and every time you went to someone's house they would have like these circular trays that had all these little compartments and in each compartment was like a really special treat and you know I remember these salted watermelon seeds that you would crack open and take the inside out and then like tons of candy and in Singapore we make this thing called pineapple tarts which is um, a really buttery tart with like sweet pineapple um, compote in the middle and then there's this thing called love letters, which are like a really flat um like a biscuit that you roll up or you fold into quarters when it's warm. and so when you bite into it, it's like this crispy, flaky, delicious thing. And every place you went, they would you know, your relatives would hand you um, the red envelope and my favorite thing at the end of the day was to, take out all that money and count um, all my money. And I would feel so, so wealthy at the end of the day. Um, and that's just one of my favorite memories. And you know, when I moved here, there really wasn't a, any kind of celebration of, of that magnitude. And when I had kids, we, um, we took them back to Singapore one year right around Chinese New Year and it's it's really quite a sight to behold the whole city it's like Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving rolled into one the streets are I mean there's just lights everywhere and decorations and you know they're selling all the types of things that you buy during Chinese New Year and there's the lion dances and um everybody's family flies in from wherever they happen to be living at that time and you just go to these amazing dinners and
5: it's just great we don't do that now though unfortunately um i love hearing about lunar new year in singapore because i can only imagine it being like the best and just so exciting so i grew up um I grew up kind of thinking about Lunar New Year as something that my Chinese friends would celebrate or other Asian friends would celebrate. And being Korean American in Southern California, we did um, share, we did celebrate New Year's, but we did it on January 1st. And um, it's still connected to how people do celebrate it in Korea, where we would go visit our elders. So we would go, usually, we would start at my grandma and grandpa's house. Um, They would often be dressed up or wearing humble, And we would just dress up and we would go to our grandparents' house and then we would bow to them. And it was, um, it's a formal bow. There is an order of operations. I never did it slowly enough. You really needed to bow slowly, deeply, reverentially to your grandparents and they would give us something for my grandfather. He loved giving us um, a coin, like a like a brand new shiny coin, like a dollar coin, like a big coin. Um, and then he would usually like write the year on it, like just in a Sharpie. Um, so it was symbolic, it, you know, it was um, an opportunity to get, uh, to do the bow and then to do that. And then we would share um, some dupguk, which is a Korean rice cake soup. Um, and so, the way that I think our family translated uh, Lunar New Year, cause we were like, you know, my parents were the first generation figuring that out here in the States, is that um, it was a Lunar New Year thing, but we would just do it on January 1st, cause that's how American people um, celebrated New Years. And also growing up, I do remember having friends who uh, the day before Lunar New Year, it's like, can't talk to you. We got to clean our whole house. It was real, real serious.
1: Say what? So one way our family celebrates in a couple ways actually uh we we're cleaning our house right now and um we eat a lot of the the foods that um give you luck and that give you i mean they're like considered good luck foods and stuff Um, like chicken and fish uh and like one food that we eat a lot uh is noodles for long life and then also chicken and then fish for money
2: dumplings for and money. I will add that growing up um, here in the United States and not being with that community of relatives, um, you know, you do have to find your way to celebrate in your own way and find your own community. So as a kid, I remember that with my immediate family, we would just go to our auntie's house or uncle's house, and um, the funny thing I remember about the Ang Bao, the Hong Bao, the red pocket is that you'd always as a kid have to be like really super polite and like if the elder gave it to you you'd have to be like thank you or no thanks like I don't really want it but deep down inside you were like I wonder what's in the envelope <laughs> Like, and I remember um, Last year, or maybe a couple years ago, there was a Nike commercial called The Great Chase, and it it was all centered around that idea of like being really polite as a kid when the elder gave you this um, red envelope and really pretending you didn't want it and just being really like respectful of the elder. And so I, I remember that part. And then as you were all describing all the wonderful foods and things, like it just made me remember like my mom was really Um, For her, the new year was not just about cleaning and stuff, but it was also really about family and the food and the cultural food. Now, you know, my relationship has changed because as a kid, I kind of knew those pieces of it. But as a as a person who's grown up here in the States, I don't have that like cultural piece of growing up actually in that country and knowing all of the things that you take in with all of your senses, the way Val was describing it. And so now when you have kids, like I try to share the stories or we're trying to eat the food or we're trying to pass on something. But, you know, sometimes I feel like something might get lost in translation, but we're trying to do the best we can to pass that on.
1: Yeah, we really, really like the um, the red envelopes. Can we also eat the uh, strawberry candy. Just have a sweet New Year. Start
9: your yeah. New one How I remember... Uh, Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year, I'm still kind of young, but when I was younger, I remember that we used to go to a banquet with um, our family or the mall names, or, and I always remembered going there and being annoyed that I had to leave my house to go out, but then when I got there, there was really good food, there was all... Um, there was always old Chinese people karaoke karaokeing, and we would always sit next to a really loud speaker. We just hear it, and I ne, I never really knew Cantonese. And when like people were trying to talk to me, it's kind of awkward. But I always like, tried to like, you know, try acknowledge them and pretend like I knew what they were talking about. Um, and then we'd go around after getting lyc or red envelopes, um, and we always, me and my brother always wanted to open them to see what was inside of it. And my parents would be like, don't open it right now in front of them. And we were like, And we'd have to wait till we got home to see.
8: Say what? Um, normally, like before New Year's, we get new clothes and we're kind of opposite. Like we shower and get new haircuts and like cut our nails and do like, be like clean for New Year's. Um, and during New Year's we like um, gather around with like family and friends and we have a ginormous dinner like with everything you can possibly want and we also give out red envelopes or like my grandparents do to like all my cousins and stuff and we also have to be really respectful and pretend we don't want it but we actually really do and we're also not supposed to open it or like the day before and we sometimes put it under our pillow for good luck and um also read right up um, wear a lot of red and gold and stuff and um we kind of sometimes we go to Chinatown and we like um just like there's a lot of firecrackers and lion dances, and that's like really fun.
4: I just wanted to say that, um, I don't know if you guys did this in your family, but the the, the traditional thing you would have for that New Year's dinner, um, and you would usually have this like, I think either in the beginning or in the very end, because you know Chinese year spanned like 15 days or something like that was um, this hot pot. And that would symbolize everybody coming together and like cooking, you would have these like metal kind of nets that you would put a raw piece of food in and then stick it in the soup. And you would all cook that together. And that was just this symbol of, you know, being together and sharing food together. And that was, Such a nice memory.
3: That's so interesting, Val. Um, So I think, you know, to speak to how holidays evolve. um, So now I have been having this tradition, maybe for the last decade or something, of having hot pot at New Year's. But I like didn't know that it was formally a thing. I just thought, hey, yes, I won hot pot. Uh, But that's so neat to hear that it is a tradition. And then to speak to the like the showering thing or cutting hair. I think one interesting thing that I've discovered over time is that even culturally, even though many of us may be from uh, either China or Korea, there are different ways that people celebrate regionally and then from country to country. And what I found when I was talking to my friend in Malaysia was that their way of celebrating um, of celebrating Lunar New Year was much, much more like strict to the traditional way. And Taiwan has not necessarily maintained all those traditions, especially the immigrant families who have like moved to the U.S. and then come back to Taiwan. I didn't know about any of that. So that's just really neat to hear that. Hey, I'm celebrating it traditionally, although unintentionally. Say what?
6: Specifically what I remember about Chinese New Year, is definitely going to be the food and what i also specifically remember is having uh oranges and red envelopes in a plate and you'd put that put that in every single room for good luck and you wouldn't get rid of the oranges until they were like literally rotten and moldy because if you got rid of them before it was bad luck so you know they'd be sitting there just like getting gradually more green and be like be like can we throw it out now no you can throw it out now no <laughs> but
7: Certainly how it's evolved for me is so growing up in Berkeley as an Asian American, um, I certainly had my moments of being teased, um, slanted eye, all that kind of stuff. And so it was sometimes difficult to be Asian American, but as I grew older, I really sort of embraced my multi-ethnic self because I got to celebrate December 31st, which is the American, kind of New Year's Eve big party. I got to celebrate on January 1st because that's huge for Japanese Americans. And then I, you know, a couple weeks later, six, seven, eight weeks later, I got to celebrate Chinese New Year. So it was just sort of this big, long celebration for me. <laughs> and so it was, now it's something that I fully embrace and enjoy and, We try to do what we can to uh, pass it on to our kids.
1: I'm gonna share um, uh, my mom and me and my brother's zodiac signs. So me, I'm a dragon. If you are a dragon, you are brilliant, honest, and full of vitality and enthusiasm.
2: If you are a rabbit,
1: you are... Ambitious and smooth talking, but also trust trust towards you. If you are a snake, you are most respected for your wisdom. And if you are, I mean, horse, you are cheerful, talkative, hardworking, and
2: independent. So Owen really wanted to share about the animal zodiac signs because that's a big part of the Lunar New Year and Chinese New Year for him and for us, and I remember also growing up as, as a kid that that was something that was really interesting, and you'd always look at the characteristics or maybe find out what you had in common with someone else based on what animal they were. Um, we're our, our joke is that Owen was born during the year of the snake, but because of the way the Lunar New Year fell that year, he actually caught the tail of the dragon and so we're always like oh of course it totally makes sense with his personality (laughs) and he caught the tail of the dragon he like couldn't be stopped didn't want to be a snake wanted to be that dragon say what
1: this is how you say happy new year in korean i can say it fast or slow first all you're slow and
0: how do other people say happy new year
3: well in mandarin um Plain old Happy New Year is uh, 新年快乐, so that's just Happy New Year. And then the, one of the greetings for the Lunar New Year is 公事发财, which means like um, congratulations, and I hope you get rich.
6: So um, you know, growing up here in the Bay Area, San Francisco, very much Cantonese, we, we would always say you know Um and that's probably what you mostly hear here in the Bay Area okay friends as we close out today's episode i'm curious are there any other aspects of lunar
0: new year that you feel is really important for our listeners to know about i'm I'm thinking particularly about our friends um who are new to this holiday
3: i think what is highlighted for me is the significance of family and community around this holiday i mean i i grew up christian and so we did celebrate um Christmas but I never understood like the family aspect of it and why people got so excited to visit family or have family visit and so it makes me think about I don't know hoping that people who don't celebrate the holiday could acknowledge the holiday in in some way just as we acknowledge holidays big holidays like this from other cultures such as big Jewish holidays
5: say what One thing that, you know, when it comes to Lunar New Year and holidays and traditions, I think that what is really fun about them is the opportunity to continue learning about them from different friends and different stories and how, you know, our older, like the generation that came before us celebrated it and that how we're choosing to continue celebrations like no hair washing on on lunar new year but even if it was so annoying to you we carry certain things on um and then for our family we also bring new ones in that we that we might want to create as part of our family story
6: i just do want to add that for outside observers you have to understand it is really the a the biggest celebration of life and it really is In new year you've made it to the next year let's hope you get more money and more food because the ne- every year is hard and i think people need to understand that's why it's all about family because as far as my tradition what i grew up with that's the one thing that the one time everybody gets together because you know you made it a year and you know we get another one coming and let's celebrate we made it through the last one so i i think people need to understand is the biggest celebration in the world, in most of Asia, because it is very much about family and, and about life.
3: Yeah, I love that, the celebration of life piece. That's beautiful. So we are going to wrap up today's session. And um, I'm just so grateful for this conversation and all this talk of food. You know, as soon as Gordon mentioned the shrimp chips, it was like, took me right back to elementary school, hearing that, that oil sizzle and smelling the chips. Um, and being like, wow, that shrimp chip came from this this really thin, kind of opaque, curly thing. Um, and I hope that someday, post-COVID, we will all get to have hot pot together.
0: Yes, I second that. Okay, crew, once again, this is your host, Arjuna Saeed and...
3: Joyce Ting.
0: Wrapping up today's Lunar New Year episode of F.E. Me Mondays. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please let us know on this episode's palette. You can leave a comment, share what you learned, or share this episode with your friends and family.
3: Thank you for dialing in and catch you next time, and
0: Happy Lunar New Year day!